welcome to episode 114 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I'm one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. I'm another host, Mr. Paul Robinson. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm here. Man, I have some stuff to complain about today. <laughs> today. All right, well, let's... Uh, <laughs> today. 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 That's a De Niro mm-hmm. reference, if anybody didn't get that. Good fellas. Anybody on the phone? Today. Marty? Or if it was Marty? Marty's mm. wigs? Whatever the hell his name was. Anyway, um, yeah, so... <laughs> so, yes, we're, we're going to get into something major for us, but uh, I did want to talk about things. Uh-huh. Just a couple things before we get into uh, some stuff that we watched. So, um, I wanted to talk about a couple of weeks ago. I want to say uh, maybe close to a month ago, actually, um, and I forgot to mention it. There was an article that came out about um, Amy Adams. Mm-hmm. And first of all, she's... Big fan. Huge. She's on, she's on my list. Okay, would love to work with her. What kind of list is she on? Love her, but uh, so this has nothing. She she took a role, like whatever. Yeah. Um. So she's uh slated, if you will, um, to be starring in a film where she turns into a dog, and uh, it's called Night Bitch. Mm -hmm. Let me just get into it. This is a whole can of worms. This may not mean anything to a lot of people. So people are like, all right, so what? So she's in a movie with a stupid title. Yeah. Um, yeah. the reason why I, I was a gasp when I, when I read this article is because, uh, it immediately made me think of Mariana Palka's film titled bitch about mm-hmm. a woman who thinks she's turning into a dog or acts mm-hmm. as if she's turning into a dog. <laughs> and I'm like, this has to be a joke. Like, how is this not, you know, and then at the end of the article, someone had made a comparison. They were really vague about it. They like mm-hmm. just totally brushed over it. Like, oh, some might see a compare. Like, no, no, it's not like a coincidence. That's the same concept with almost the same exact name. And yeah. I don't know how the hell this is the, not the word like night in front of it. Like this has not is gone to like, court. Like a werewolf, do- werewolf dog turns to. So Mariana Palka wrote and directed this film. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like 2017, I want to say, something like that. Which we saw. And it was starring uh, Jason Ritter. Love him. um, And uh, I think Jamie King. I want to say it was Jamie King was Mm. the wife in it. Possibly. Um, And so, like, what? (sighs) What? I would be so pissed. I haven't really looked to see, uh, like, if she's responded at all on Twitter or something like that. But a whole bunch of other people were like, "Uh, excuse me. (laughs) Everyone who saw the film, including myself, were like, someone made that movie already. And you basically, you weren't even trying to be covert enough (laughs) to change the title. You literally just almost stole the whole title, entire concept. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't even know how this can happen. Maybe she sold it. We can... I don't try to be think positive here. so. I don't think that was what happened because yeah. there was no mention of it. Yeah. In the article, it would say, oh, you know, they would mention yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no mention of Mariana Palka aside from the person who made the comparison of her having made a film with an almost identical title and pretty much identical story. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of bullshit. And I love Amy Amy Adams, and she probably doesn't even know about the other film, you know. So this and she is. She definitely doesn't know how much we love her. This is no, no shade towards her, but just. Uh, like wow. Yeah. If I was Palka, I'd be majorly Furious. majorly pissed off right yeah. now. I don't know how they're pulling this off. Yeah. It's fucked up. And it just goes to show that like they're not even afraid to do it within their own industry. Cuz it's not like it's some obscure short that somebody did. This is a a, a indie film. It was an indie film, but it was, you know, it's a studio uh it, it was had a distributor and and it had uh union actors in it. So it's like it wasn't just some film somebody shot in montana for like 500 bucks and then they stole it which is wrong too but you know <laughs> it's uh, kind of okay if you do that no but what i'm saying is it's they're, they're just being so brash brash about it i guess ah, it just is just so blatant so i was trying to say yeah i i i i want to be wrong i want someone to be like oh no she actually they forgot to mention her but she because i didn't see her name at all in mm-hmm. terms of her being part of this process and well if this if this is what it seems to be on the, the face of it, then I can say that this is a movie that I will not see. Yeah, I, I don't think... Prince, cause, and I love not... Amy Adams. I want to see everything she does, but I'm sorry, Amy. You, you, I'm, I'm sure you get me. It's just that uh, I, I really hope that there's a whole other level to yeah. this that we don't know, because if it's that 
easy to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and to 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 be that obvious about it, uh, that's pretty scary. Um, anyway, I just wanted to get that off my chest because I was I was pretty shocked by that. Yeah. Um, so we've had some uh, film tragedy in our household. Oh God. Okay. So this uh, is very r- tough for me to talk about. I'm gonna let you I'll let you take over. Okay. So you may is, not be able to hear the lawnmowers, but I'm gonna say I'm sorry if you can, because yeah. I hear them. I'll speak into the mic closer, closer, so I can uh, drown it you out mean a little cry bit more. Into the mic? Yeah. So here's the thing, people. Um, for all you gearheads out there that listen, um, this is going to you can relate to this. So we shoot with a Blackmagic Ursa Mini Pro 4.6K mm-hmm. Generation One. Uh, been shooting with that camera for I don't know almost three years now, and uh, we enjoy shooting with it. Which we bought brand new. Brand new. Yep. Uh, we enjoy shooting with it. We love the image quality, blah, blah, blah. We wouldn't have had it so long if we didn't, blah, blah, blah. So um, I have, through the years, upgraded my firmware. No problems. Everything's great. I was on firmware version 6. So I said, oh, we got a shoot coming up in two weeks. Let me, uh, this has got a new firmware coming out. It has some new features, some new new ISO options and you know, but the new color science that Blackmagic has coming out uh, looks interesting and, and great. So let me just let me just upgrade. What could possibly go wrong <laughs> if I just upgrade my firmware? Well, let me tell you what went wrong when I upgraded my firmware. Plugged it in, upgraded it, upgrade went fine. Upgraded to 6.9.4 and unplugged it, you know, powered down my you know, I always like to just do like a nice fresh restart. So I unplugged the battery, plugged it back in. I'm, I was using blue shape batteries for anybody that cares. Um, and it didn't turn on. I went to turn it on, nothing. I was like, holy crap. So I have some other SWX batteries, threw those on, powered up, but then it started glitching and it would freeze. Yep. And then I would go to turn it off and it would either not turn off and I'd have to unplug the battery or it would take a very long time to turn off. So I'm dying. Inside. Uh, inside. I'm cr- I am just weeping as if the world was ending on the inside. And I'm like freaking out. And so I'm go- doing, I'm trying this bad. I'm plugging it into the wall. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. See, then, then it stops. And it's working fine. Filmed some stuff. Great. Next day, same issue. But then, you know, it's just intermittent. And what's not like always in the first, you know, do it. Wouldn't do it. I'd shoot some more stuff. It would do it. And so I was like, all right, there's obviously something wrong with this firmware and my specific camera. I don't know what's happening. Safe thing to do is let's just put version version six back on the camera like it was, and that's fine. I'll just shoot with that. It's been serving me great over the years. Mm-hmm. So I go to do that, and guess what? Same no issues. Cigar. Same issues are happening again. So I try all different versions. Spend the whole entire day practically trying all six dot nine dot two, six dot eight, all six dot whatever. All these versions. Same issue keeps happening. Keeps happening. Keeps happening. Glitching. Glitch. 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 Freeze. <laughs> It's it like static took over, like some kind of animation. It's just and um, and it froze, and uh, it just I, I didn't I couldn't figure it out because I had six on. Like this is how my brain works, right? This I have 6.0 on there, working fine. I upgrade to 6.9.4. Tons of issues. I back I downgrade back to six. It should work just as it did, but it did not. It still had the issues going on. So now I'm like, how can in my head, if the only firmware on this camera is 6.0, how can I have the issues that I had on 6? Now, there may be some, I'm not a software developer. I don't know how this stuff works. So issues, issues, issues. We have a shoot coming up in two weeks. And I emailed Blackmagic back and forth, sent them videos of the issue happening. Uh, and then finally got on the phone with them, talked to a very nice gentleman, I will say, Andres. Andres, I think. Well, the first person that the first person that emailed was just like was send useless. it in, just send it in, and didn't just didn't didn't inform me of anything other than just send it in, like what it would cost, and and you know if the, <laughs> it's obviously not under not under warranty because nothing by the way nothing is under warranty after is three a years. Lot. Uh, so it costs us like one hundred sixty bucks just to ship it. Sixty three dollars to ship uh, to ship the body yeah. of which we we're not guaranteed it's going to come back fixed. Uh, you know, we can have uh, we can have a camera that just had a loose wire or something, and they'll but that's, fix it see, right that's, there. That's or just what's so crazy to me because other than no it being a software, prior. right? Exactly. If there's other than there's no way software can do 
loosen a wire can fix you know yeah can damage the hardware that i know of um you know like a sensor issue it's not i can't imagine it being a sensor issue because the sensor seemed fine it was just the camera itself so if they say oh there's your logic board's bad or something i don't understand how a firmware update can damage your logic board or whatever but so yeah anyway so we had a i had after an email exchange that didn't really go anywhere then i talked to somebody who was very nice i have to say and was very helpful was going to put like a rush on it because he knew we had a shoot coming up um, which we may we may not have this camera for we're we're prepared to film potentially on on dslr yeah. that we have on our photography camera um just in case mm-hmm. because we have no way to really guarantee that this is going to get back to us in time which sucks yeah so i have to ship it to them i shipped it we shipped it out it's in route by the time you're hearing this podcast, if it's, it should be there Monday, be there. and then I get to just hound them every day until they look at it, and and just hope to God that for some weird reason, it if it doesn't like that's my biggest fear is that they'll get it and that this won't happen. You know, mm-hmm. they'll be testing. Oh, we didn't, we couldn't recreate the issue. That's fear number one. Mm-hmm. Fear number two is that it does happen, and they're like, oh, it's a it's an expensive fourteen hundred dollar fix. Yeah, and at that point, what do you do, right? Because you can't just go buy a. a uh, refurbished version of the camera because that's essentially what they would be giving us if we spent fifteen hundred dollars to repair the thing. I have. I, so, I, I take. I live in an, in an unrealistic. Luckily, world. we don't have to ship it back. So if they get it and th- then they say, you know, the worst case scenario is it can't be fixed, they'll ship it back to us and it won't cost us anything. So yeah, that's good, I guess. We'll but, have a giant paperweight. Yeah. Um. I live in in this unrealistic world when it comes to technology, where um when you were updating computers and stuff like that throughout the years. And I'd say, I don't understand. You just, you just bought this thing or you just bought this laptop or whatever. And you're like, that, that's not, that's not how it works. Like a laptop doesn't last you five years or 10 years. It's just a couple of years and you have to buy a new one. And I'm like, I'm, I'm everyone's dad in that situation where I'm like, how the hell do you pay $700 for a laptop? That only has a, a two or f- two to four year lifespan. I mean, that to me doesn't four make years is being optimistic. Any sense? Yeah, it's at just, all, yeah. at all. I don't get it. Like, our, what, are they going to the, build stuff that lasts? Why would they? Why would a company well, do that? They used to. <laughs> yeah. It's not like it wasn't. You know, that's the thing. It's not like I wouldn't find that strange if there didn't used to be a time that you could buy an electronic item and have it last you more than. You know, I've been like abrupt relationships have lasted longer than than a lot of these electronics will. And, you know, so somebody's saying like, well, I can justify spending, uh, you know, fifteen hundred dollars on on something that, you know, on Apple's laptop because it'll last longer. And it's Mm -hmm. like, but they should all last long. Yeah, I'm not talking about like a fucking three hundred dollar Acer. All right. I'm not talking about that. Like, I I get that those things are like some Acers are okay. um, Some of them are. Yeah. But I'm you know, this I'm not talking about like some shit you picked up in Walmart Mm -hmm. on sale during Labor Day weekend. Uh, That's going to crash on you that those things are intended to to break. You know, it's just about getting people in there to to, to buy them. But when you spend six thousand dollars on a camera, which is what our camera cost brand new. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, we're not loaded like that. We literally had to put it in part of a loan that we needed for home repairs because we didn't have, we needed a camera. Yeah. So not only are we still paying off that loan, which technically the camera should be paid off. We paid interest on that. We paid a lot more for that. That's on us. You know, whatever. We chose to, to put it on a loan. But the fact that this $6,000 camera right now, if it were working, we could get about twenty eight hundred dollars for three years later is at the top end. Scene, yeah, at the top obscene. end. Obscene. One place offered us like under two grand. Yeah, and then another place because we were like, all right, if if they fix it and we decide to get a different camera because we're just we just don't trust this anymore. Um, it's not even worth. It, I mean, it's it's literally worth less than half mm. what we paid for it in three years. It it has devalued in three years um, by more than half, and so and that's fine. If the camera works, my justification for spending that much on the camera was that we would, at the very least, get five years out of it. At the very least. I mean, that's very optimistic. I mean, three that's years, how I feel. Yeah, three years for one camera is a long time. <laughs> that is a long. I time. don't feel that that is a long yeah. time. At six grand. Yeah. That no. Well, it so well, look. So much of it depends on what you're doing with the camera, right? If we if, don't do much with it, if that's if we, my point. If we were 
freelancers and we just shot stuff for totally people, get it. we'd be upgrading the camera if like we, every year. If we abused but, the crap out of this camera because we were working so often, I get it. Three years is a long time. But we haven't shot that much with this camera. We really yeah, haven't. There's low hours on it, yeah. We've done skits and like three shorts. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not like we're using this thing every weekend or even every month. This camera is used like three times a year for three years. Yeah. It's really not. There, there's no reason why we should be having to think of thinking, you know, upgrading the camera because there's better options out there. That's one thing. Having to buy a whole other camera because this one just stopped working yeah. is not cool at all. Yeah. And, you know, we've we we've sang their praises but I have to be totally honest with you. Like, I'm incredibly hesitant if they contact us and say that this is not fixable or it's fixable for $2,000. Why the hell would I put more money into this company? I'm not going to I'm not going to write you off completely because it hasn't happened yet. And I want to see how it goes. Sure. But there is no chance in hell that I f- would feel good about purchasing another camera through black magic if this is what happens yeah well it's it's tricky because you know that's a uh and it's a very tricky to mentality to have because if you write off every company that way you know i would never have another computer if i would write off every company that broke prematurely on me computers are different though that's Compu- all cameras are Com- literally yeah, all they are is computers i understand that but computers this computer didn't cost six thousand dollars no it did not that's that's true. a lot of money yeah and Again, had this been something we were using all the time, I'd be like, well, we use the camera all the time. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know. Um, yeah, I'm a little more but, I'm a little more lenient in that regards. Whereas, like, if they were to say, listen, uh, we can fix it for this much or we can't fix it. You're screwed or whatever. Would I invest in another Blackmagic? Sure. <laughs> you know, um, I may be knowing that we it's something we should have thought of when we bought the camera in terms of like the longevity of it. We're not a company. That does a lot of freelance work with the camera that, you know, the the they, pretty much all cameras come with a one year warranty, right? Usually around there, maybe two mm-hmm. years if you're lucky or whatever. Um, and so people don't even think about the extended warranty because by the time that the year is up, they're going to buy a new one because yeah. they probably trashed it because they're shooting every weekend. For us, we're going to get five years out of a camera. Getting an extended warranty is something to think about if we were to invest again. I'm not a big fan of extended warranties. I think they're garbage most of the time. Yeah, but and extended most of the time warranty is not going to get you more than like two or three years maybe. Right. If but lucky. if we if we had bought an extended warranty when we bought this camera, We'd like still a two be year, screwed. two even if it was We'd like three years, three year extended past the initial year. Yeah, maybe. But I don't extended, think it would yeah. go that far. I see. I don't expect that. I don't expect them to put a warranty on, on a camera for that long because things happen. But my my major complaint is just that there there haven't been a lot of hours put into this camera. Right. That's my biggest problem with it is that it's not like that this couldn't. Ha- oh, yeah, this could For happen. For the normal person, we probably like if, if this was our if we ran a production company, the amount that we shot with this camera was probably totally, not even yeah. a year. Total, totally expect that. But when I think of what it costs and how little it's been used, I don't feel like this should be happening and i don't mean that in like how could this happen like it's an electronic things happen so for that's why i'm saying i can't i can't give a a a definitive answer on how i feel until i see what the problem is and how they handle it yeah if they handle it in a manner that they're like hey we fixed it here's what was wrong and we're shipping it back to you all right things happen um but it's just you know companies don't do that a lot a lot of times you know who black magic's going to be fine without us if we if yeah. if they're like um no it's a two thousand dollar problem and that's it <laughs> it's like and if i say i'm not buying a black magic camera again they'll be just fine yeah um it's just we're gonna take them down yeah it, yeah I'm, I'm under i'm under no like false pretense that i'm yeah. somehow going to be able to you know boycott this company that's yeah. not what it is it's just personally i i wouldn't want to give them more money because i feel like we've given you a lot of money and we didn't really get a whole lot out of it yeah uh in the end so right because it's um, not like to your point it's not so much the time that we've had it, it's the amount that we've used it um that's i should have said that me, what i mean is like for what we've used it three years to me i i expected to get at least five years out of this camera for the amount that we're using we don't use it professionally so i don't yeah. feel like we should be yeah we shoot it for having passion, to buy a new computer projects. a new computer a new camera after three years yeah brand right. new if right. we had bought it used that would have been like well computer we upgrade almost every year just, just because we use it every day sort of that sort of thing 
But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I just hope that it's an easy fix, and they say, oh, it was a software glitch, and it's been fixed, and you're good to go. Um, that's something I can get behind because then it makes sense to me in terms of what happened. I put a I put new software on there, and it's all messed up, and you know. But if there's a hardware issue, if a wire's loose, if the motherboards or logic board, whatever they call it, is going, if the sensor's bad or something, it's mm-hmm. like something's fishy. Yeah, that to me is is extremely fishy because although we didn't use it a lot, you know. It, Never had one single problem, not yeah. one single problem with the camera, except for the button thing when the buttons fell off. But that's which they were quick to resolve. Yeah, and, so... and same with this. You know, I have to say, as, as annoying as this is, the fact that they were willing to. Well, first I had to pay for shipping out there, which sucks. But the fact that that they said they're willing to put a rush on it, but then again, if they turn around and they just hold it for two weeks, then fuck that. So, the, so the... a lot of a lot of 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 my mentality, like you, is going to depend on what happens in the scenario yeah. because. Um, I have no problem like you do with something happening to the camera. Shit happens. It's not, nothing's perfect. It's a piece of, it's an electronic device. You know, it could be six months old and I can have an issue. I mean, shit happens, but it's, how is this company going to respond to that? You know, and yeah. so far it's been good. I would give them a good response to it, but, um, we'll see, we'll see, you we'll know, see. if it's, if it's, if it's, how do you prove a manufacturer's defect, right? Like if the, if the logic board goes, well, is that, a result of a defect? How do you really know that? Well, you know, I because mean, I didn't, it's not like I dropped it and then was like, oh, you know what I mean? Like it was just a software update. Yeah. You know, there's no physical damage to it. We'll see how it goes. It's, the camera's in great shape. Just, um, you know, it's, it, be careful. There's this sticker shock, you know, but there, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Money's weird for a lot of people. Um, you know, having to pay almost $200 to ship. <laughs> Your camera out for mm-hmm. a problem is a big deal. If we were using this as part of our livelihood, we are fucked. So not yeah. only do we lose the two hundred dollars to ship it out, we're not able to book any gigs during that well, time. Well, we would if rent, we, but still, it would cost us. But whatever. That may not be something that somebody can afford. You know, that doesn't mean just no. Because, I'm saying if it were us, and, and if we had clients that were depending on us, yeah, and we had shoots, a, then we would have to. That's not the case for everybody. People are living not. paycheck to paycheck. So you know, having to, uh, you know, if you're getting paid six hundred dollars for a gig, and you're having to spend two hundred and fifty or three hundred dollars of that on a fucking camera rental when you yeah. have a camera, then you didn't really make much money off that gig, did you? Yeah. And actually, if I'm having to pay two hundred dollars to ship it out, I didn't make anything. Yeah. So I'm basically renting a camera and working for free because. After the rental and and the uh, shipment, I'm done. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see how this happens. Uh, how, how this happens. We'll see w- what happens and we'll how it goes. Abreast. And um, something to think about when you're, uh, you know, when you're freelancing and um, you know if you're getting into film or whatever. These things do happen, and um, obviously, you know, you always want to purchase through like a reputable dealer. But this is a good reason for why I don't trust buying stuff on eBay. Mm. You know, sometimes you luck out. You know, I know people that have gotten great stuff on eBay and had no problems, but um, even, and it can happen anywhere. You can yeah, go yeah. to like a good place and they could be like, I don't know, it's fine when we gave it to you. Yeah. But it's just something to to keep in mind. Personally, if this doesn't end well, I'm going to be especially pissed that we bought it new. Cuz this well, is why I buy this is why I, I yeah. wouldn't buy something used, right? I'd buy it new cuz I'd be like you have less of a chance, not right. 100% guarantee, but I have less of a chance of something like this happening. I would totally expect this to happen with something that we bought that was already a year old from somebody or whatever. Right. But, you know, when you're buying something brand new out the box out of the factory and 3 years in, you're like possibly not even able to use it anymore. Eh, yeah. It's not a good look. <laughs> so it's not a good look we'll, for me. We'll see what happens. We'll keep you guys updated. In the meantime, we uh, tried to find ways to amuse ourselves. Yeah. And Well, uh, that's the thing is uh, we have a shoot coming up in a couple of weeks like we've been yammering on about. And, um, you know, I had done I, I was going to be doing a bunch of test shoots for for it. I actually wanted to go there to the location and shoot during the day and see what the you know, what the lighting looks like and everything in that specific camera. But I can't do that now. Um, I had some tracking tests to do. And... Well, I'm just going to have to deal with the day of. Yep. Wouldn't be the first time. So um, So we have the sads. We had the sads. We had the sads over that. That's some big suckage. Um, okay. So Perry Mason, mm-hmm. we, I know uh, him. we wanted to wait till the show was over to kind of talk about it. We hate the week to week. And so it ended about two weeks ago um, and has since been replaced with... Um, Lovecraft, which we will wait till the end of to talk about as well. 
that's just how we roll. Yep. All right. So there were only two directors for this. Uh, there was Timothy Van Patten and Denise, I want to say Ergeuven. Nailed it. I think that's, I think that's her name. Um, so Matthew Reese plays Perry Mason. Um, and Perfectly. Uh, he's Welsh, say. I believe. And uh, yeah, so he did an amazing job as, as most, I, I almost said Brits that would have started a war, but here in the States, when we think of somebody being Welsh and British, it's kind of the same thing to us. I know it's different, but um, normally they, they do fantastically with accents and doing American yeah. accents, but every so often you'll notice like this slip and you'll hear it a little bit. I did not get that from him. Like not I would have never bit. thought. I thought you were going to say he did. That he was Welsh. I would have never, ever thought that. I just bought it. Hook, line, and sinker. Hook, line, and sinker. Um, so Matthew Reese was amazing. Uh, Juliet Rylance, I think, was Della. Uh, Chris Chalk. Uh, Shea Wiggum, who, again, is like yeah. that guy who's in stuff all the time. <laughs> you know what? He is very, I don't want to say he's underrated because, you know, he gets a lot of work. So he's obviously rated well. But he's but a that actor actor. He is a that actor actor. But, you know, we just saw him in Week Waco. Mm-hmm. Or he played like a jerk. And then in this, he's not a jerk. He's like a good guy, but kind, kind of, of an edge, you know, but he's very good. Because I saw him in Waco and I was like, you know, I feel like this guy always plays the bad guy. He's got one of those faces. Yeah, but then he played this. And in this, I was like, oh, he's quite the chameleon. Yeah, he's got so, one of those faces. He's good. So um, we also had Gail Rankin, John Lithgow, uh, Tatiana Maslany, Lily Taylor. A whole bunch of people were in this. And um, so I a, cu- a couple of articles and, and such we're sort of like ragging on it and i didn't quite understand mm. i i there were some complaints about the story falling flat and um it just not being written well or something there were several writers several writers um eleanor burgess and uh ron fitzgerald earl stanley gardner uh S- stephen hannah roland jones sarah kaplan uh all wrote in eight episodes and i think there was like two other writers that only wrote one or two um so that's a that's a lot of people yeah on one episode going weekly you know yeah. usually you have like one or two writers but to have like that many people writing for it i had no issues with the story i don't know yeah. i'm not really sure what they had a problem with i liked it um there was a scene with uh matthew reese and uh actress veronica falcone Mm-hmm. where there is some uh, steamy moments taking place. Oh, God. <laughs> um, Talk about the bed thing? Yes. Oh, uh, so, so good. Uh, so I'm going to be a little graphic here. Uh, so the bed is against a wall. I think this is the first episode that this happened in. The bed is against the wall, and uh, Veronica Falcone uh, is on the top, we'll say. Mm-hmm. And she is. Uh, she's got some vigor about her movement so much so that the bed starts to shake away from the wall and Matthew Reese falls in between the bed and the wall and gets pinned and she's just still going <laughs> it's just his face of like I don't know if that was planned oh I don't God. know if it was whether it was or wasn't it was brilliant but even if it, but especially if it wasn't planned if they just managed to keep going through that scene I I don't know like that alone for me was like one of the I just there's best a part of me that just see. really hopes that it was not planned. I really yeah, I really hope it wasn't. For them to like stick to care if it wasn't planned and then for the stay in character for that whole moment. Oh, so good. I loved it. Yeah. It was so funny. I never found like a sex scene so funny in my life. Like I wasn't even paying attention but it, to but the it fact that it was a sex scene because I was like, what is happening? Right, but it wasn't some kind of like oddball comedy moment either no. it's just like you could see that happening yeah you know what i mean yeah it's just so i don't even know how they would plan that out if you know like all right then the bed's gonna and he's gonna and then to, it was like so he good. swallowed into the between the bed and the wall um in just a very comedic moment it was yeah. just really really good um he's got just this this really nice timing comedic timing he has this he's very good with his like wtf face he has this the stink face that he mm-hmm. makes um, good with the outburst, the, the angry outburst that doesn't yeah. feel like it's pushed and rehearsed. Yeah. It just feels like just so good. 
I yeah. really liked it. I don't know why people were were ragging on this at yeah, all. I, I really it. liked it. Tatiana Maslany had a much bigger part in it than you had initially told me. You're like, she's in an episode. I only thought she was in two like, episodes, but why she's would they in, put in her a lot. In the commercial, but um, yeah, she's in a lot of the episodes, and yeah. um, her character was some of the crit the criticisms that I was reading mm. that the that the character was like annoying and like um like it was comedic. Mm. But I'm like, have you ever seen? Yeah. That, like, yeah, everything about religious fanatics is comedic. Have you yeah. ever seen people dancing around with snakes? Yeah. <laughs> like, we're not talking about, like, these are gullible folk, you yeah. know what I mean? And what sells it is this over-the-top personality. Yeah. So I felt that she played the character the way it needed to be played. Mm -hmm. yeah, Have because... you not watched the guy who tried to blow COVID away? Yeah. Bro. <laughs> Um, but you know, but then she grounded the performance in, in the offstage, her offstage persona. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not like that's her personality. That was her personality in terms of, uh, performance, yeah. you know, the, the character's performance, her playing a character that's playing a character. That's playing. Yeah. You know? That's performing. Right. So, um, and that is, it's tough, you know, because you, you don't just get out there and speak loudly. You have to speak loudly like that character would mm -hmm. playing a character that's playing characters. Yeah. It's got well, some it's, depth to it. it. That's kind of up her alley. That's sort of what she does. <laughs> when you think yeah. of she can do several, anything. So, you know, somebody playing several types of parts, uh, different um, levels to one character. Yeah, Maslani is pretty much going to nail that. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was. I really liked it. Yeah. I was, you know, sad to see it go. I hope that they keep it going. Yeah. With you know, because you can obviously he's a detective yeah. and the, and the, the well, actually I don't want to give it away, but. He's something else as well towards the end of it. Yeah. Um, Which I don't know if that's like in the original. I wasn't, I didn't really, I, I don't, don't I didn't follow Perry Mason very yeah, much. Me I mean, I know Perry Mason and, you know, I know all that, but um, I don't know a lot of the details. So. so recommend. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But it was really good. What's not to like? Although now, like, Matthew Reese is Perry Mason forever. That's the only yeah. thing about stuff like that. Like, when you see the Game of Thrones well, people, you're like, well, that's a Game of Thrones yeah. actor. And you think of Game of Thrones. I think and he has, like, a very... Because I've seen him in some interviews. And he has, like... I think he has one of those faces that he could, like... You know, he gets a haircut and he'll look different. He or different, throw a yeah. beard, you know, grow a beard and throw a beard <laughs> on. Throw a beard on. <laughs> <laughs> Just pull your beard out of the drawer and stick that sucker on. And, that, and that'll be that. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I really enjoy But his voice is distinctive. It. I think when I hear him playing an American. Yeah, well, he just throws his beard on and has an accent. <laughs> Throw his accent on. <laughs> Throw his accent on. Um, I think as a Brit, yeah, I could see, I could see it. I could see him differently because I'm yeah. used to hearing him uh, with an American accent. You're so. like, why is he doing a bad British accent? <laughs> That's his real voice. He sounds weird. Uh, there's one. You talk funny. Um, what's her face? That Imogen yeah, Imogen girl. Heap? Imogen. Oh, no, is that the singer? No, that's the Poots. Poots. Who's Heap? That's a band. That's a musician. Yeah, musician. That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, for some reason, I don't buy her as a Brit. Yeah. But she's a Brit. Yeah. And I think it's because I've seen her play an American. So much. So much more than I've seen her play a Brit that yeah. when I hear her with a British accent, I'm like, that just doesn't sound convincing. <laughs> but that is what... You know, that that is her yeah. her natural accent. I don't know why I always am like, why does she sound you talk funny? Um, yeah. So I, I recommend it. Love it. I hope they come up with the second season. I would like to see that. Mm. Like the characters. He's good. He's good. He's good. Um, so the next thing that we're going to review, I yeah. uh, uh, this was OK. So I had actually mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, maybe like a month ago or something like that. Mm -hmm. I had seen the uh, trailer for a film called The Other Lamb. This film was right up my alley mm -hmm. visually. Yeah, it had cults. It had nice cinematography. cinematography. All good. All good stuff. Yeah. Um, it had, if you watch the trailer for The Other Lamb, it has a, spoilers, by the way, it has a, like, hereditary slash witch kind of feel going. I didn't watch the trailer. Yeah, you did. Did I? Yeah. I don't remember it. There you go. So, um... I really was excited for it because it had this really dark business going on. Mm -hmm. And um, again, the trailer was, they, they sold it as this very, um, I figured it was going to be some kind of a horror movie. It's even listed as that, but drama the, horror. Yeah, drama horror, um, just like a, or like a very dark drama thriller type thing mm -hmm. at the very least. Okay, so the uh, director was Malgorzata Zumauska. 
writer C.S. McMullen. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I, w- I don't know if it's Rafi, Rafi Cassidy, Rafi. I want to say Rafi Cassidy. Uh, Mikhail Huseman, Mallory Adams, Kelly Campbell, uh, like more indie, yeah. indie actors. Um, Mikhail, you probably know uh, he was on Game of Thrones and um, he did uh, what you call it, the haunting, haunting of his brother house, yeah. or whatever. Um, I this was a weird one for me. I almost didn't review Literally. it. I almost no, it wasn't weird at all. I mean, I understood all of it. Uh, it just uh, I almost didn't review it, but since I had mentioned it, you know, a while back, I was like, all right, I kind of have to follow through. I sort of caponed myself with this one because mm. I was like, oh, this looks amazing. And um, I don't know. I mean, look, I there's always a sense of respect that I feel for somebody who makes the movie that they wanted to make. And of course. this to me didn't feel like this was interrupted much by a studio. Yeah. I could be wrong. What do I know? But I feel like I'd be surprised. This yeah. is what they wanted to make and they made it. Okay. The studio's like more abstract. Yeah, I, I <laughs> highly, highly doubt that. And unless so, this is the unabstract version. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. That's that's also that's always possible. Um and so, you know, much respect for that. Because if if I see one more remake, if one more person messages me. With like, oh my God, you must be so excited for Bill and Ted. Fucking no, I'm not. I'm really not. I'm going to probably watch it. Of course, I'm yeah. going to watch it. But I'm not excited for that. Like it's, it's, it was like when, when they, they did the sequel to Dumb and Dumber. It was just like they were old and it was weird and the moment was over. And what made that movie so great was that I was a teenager when it came out. Yeah. And what made Bill and Ted so great was that I was a kid when it came out in the 80s and the 80s references made sense. Like, want to see them as dads yeah like i don't want i don't want to see like i don't want to watch a movie about like ripley going through menopause (laughs) yeah and not because i don't feel like we should watch women going through menopause it's just like it's you know like if it's going to be ripley kicking ass you know 40 years later okay but when you start doing the like, oh, it's them with their kids. It's like, who the hell wants to see that? That's not the same. Ripley's just like a stay-at-home mom. Yeah, like I don't want to <laughs> see like uh, Linda Hamilton. She came back kicking ass. Okay, I, I yeah. I'm cool with that. I love that that she you know she came back fucking swinging. Mm-hmm. That's great. But if the film had been about like her beating a Terminator whilst also fighting AARP, I don't want to see that. You know what I mean? Like Both it's are valiant just, battles, though. <laughs> let me tell you something. <laughs> Ever try to get through on Social Security and whatnot? Anyhow, um, it, it's you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's just like that dynamic is gone. And I don't understand why I, I need to see these characters living day to day regular lives. Like, it's all right. Anyway, anyway, I, I, I digress. Um, so I, I appreciate an original idea. I appreciate an original script. But there were times where, to me, it felt forced. Mm-hmm. It's like they were trying to write something obscure and dark instead of naturally just being that type yeah. of writer. Like Ari Arister, I may not like some of the decisions that he made. Like Midsummer for me, I was one of the people that was like, there were aspects of it that I liked and then things that I really didn't like. Yeah. But I know that that's just the kind of writer he is, right? Like, I don't feel that he had to force the weirdness out. That's just the way his brain works. Whereas this, the writing felt like they were going for something obscure. Yeah. And it didn't have like a natural flow. And it like was not the movie that was sold at all via the trailer. Yeah, there's, well, that, I mean, that was probably more a marketing decision. I'd I'd be surprised if, if, if based on what I saw in the film, the director had a say in, in the marketing of the trailer. But uh, yeah, for me, it was like I'm all for obscure films and 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 whatever, and 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 using um, you know, something you know, implying something else through imagery. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't have to physically show. You know, you can use metaphors in films. It's okay. But I feel like it kind of got in its own way a little bit on this one. And um, uh, while the performances are great, cinematography is beautiful. You know, the direction as far as where the camera goes and compositing was all nice, but I just feel like, yeah, the, the story kind of got in its way a little bit because I read the description afterwards, mm-hmm. and it was interesting because the description... That's Michael at least, Englert was the DP, by the way, uh, the yeah. um, Get him on the show. and um, <laughs> Yeah, after we were like, I didn't like this so much. Well, the cinematography was beautiful. I mean, there's... It yeah. Wasn't, yeah. Grading was nice, too. Yeah, and uh, so anyway, it's it's just like... In the description, it says... 
uh, I'm paraphrasing, but it basically says that uh, there's a woman who grows up in an all-women cult, and she starts to question her beliefs and her, her reality. Mm. And with an obscure film like this, you don't know if she's questioning reality or or are we seeing a metaphor? Mm. You know what I mean? Because at no point did we get the understand for me, did I get the understanding that she was questioning her reality? You know what I mean? Because yeah. there, are, there are shots that are metaphorical. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I didn't, I couldn't really follow along because, you know, films, this film didn't have a lot of dialogue in it. And um, so I, I, a lot of it was conveyed through emotions and stuff. And I got all of those emotions. Excessive amount of uh, push pulls and. I'll get into that. Okay. <laughs> I'll get into that because that was a pet peeve of mine. But, um, and look, it's a good film and I'm glad she made it, but uh, it just, I don't know. It just wasn't for me. I don't feel like there was so much about it that I loved. You I know. think it could have been really, really good. Yeah, but it I, had potential. But I feel like it kind of got in its own way. Like I said before, it kind of got in its own way a little bit. And I would have liked to have seen personally, like a little bit more of the struggle of the main character. You know, because it's it the perform her performance was good, but I didn't I didn't get that she was questioning her own reality. That's kind of the thing that stuck with me. I, I just didn't really. I get that she wasn't happy with the situation that was going on and she started questioning things that not part until i got much later but either. at the very end yeah uh, um and so i don't know but from a technical standpoint it looked beautiful but the zoomies. there's just something i have i don't mind the push push pull things because it's like oh look it's crazy and that's fine but uh it's, yeah but there's like there is a limit when it's just when it's just on a shot and then you start to zoom in and then you stop and you can see it yeah yeah and and not only that you can see it just i don't know just zooming into something always just takes me out of the film it's not like uh like when you think of like wes anderson how it's this really smooth transition yeah, yeah. it wasn't like that there was actually one where you could actually see like i don't know if it like something got hit on yeah. the slider or something but you could actually see like it was like the image was still and then there was this bump and then they started zooming moving, in yeah. or something or sliding i don't know and it was just it wasn't it was kind of sloppy you know yeah. for um for that type of shot there's just something about a zoom that bugs me and it's not to say that like you can't do it because i don't think it's right like you do whatever yeah, no. the fuck you want but for me when i watch something and i see a zoom shot it just i don't mind as zoom shot or two but there were a lot and they're and fast they were long not like fast like zoom but like fast as in like you know that it's a zoom versus it just being like a movement or whatever yeah. so just kind of was weird. Felt very manual. Yeah. And I, I, I agree. I felt um, when you when you say that you felt like it, it got in its own way, I felt like it was tripping up on on its own um, artistic aspects, I guess. Mm. It was like too artsy for its own good. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, like there was a scene with a lamb, with mm -hmm. this baby lamb. Um and it was shown too many times that the, the, the ironic thing is that when you show those types of scenes, they're the most effective because you only see them for a short amount of time. Yeah. And you don't have really enough uh, of the imagery to soak in every detail of it. So the, the, the actual image is gone before you can really process what you've seen you're yeah. like oh crap did i just and that's what makes that amazing and scary and ari arister does that really well mm -hmm. he does things quick enough that your your brain is like oh and um that just didn't work here it was like she would sit on the shot and then do the same exact shot 10 seconds later mm -hmm. and then do the same exact shot 14 minutes later and i was like no no but i've seen that already and now it's not creepy anymore because yeah. you've shown it to me so many times so yeah, i didn't really feel like there's a couple moments that were kind of creepy but there was i didn't really get any sense of i didn't get i didn't find any part of that movie or creepy at all and um well there was the moment when uh she was in that one place and the, the girl comes forward and he comes forward behind the girl <laughs> Okay. That was kind of like, it's kind of a little creepy, but... It's a little creepy. I mean, I actually, it's funny that you bring that up because I thought that was the prettiest scene yeah, of the nice film. I thought it was beautifully lit mm -hmm. and the message that was in with it, you know, because he had this thing about sticking his fingers in women's mouths and stuff like yeah. it was this control issue, I guess. I hope he washed those. Um, and the way the... And so there, there was another thing that she also had this thing with was the actors like going right down the barrel of the camera yeah. for way too long. I enjoy a barrel stare yeah. like once, Yeah. but that was happening too often where the, uh, if you don't know what that means, it's when the, an actor is staring 
right at the camera, not yeah. away from it, but you're looking right down the barrel of the lens and you're and so it looks like you're just eye to eye with the, and she would just sit on this, you know, or, yeah. or the DP, I should say, mm. he would just sit on these shots. I don't know if this was his idea or whose idea it was, but it just didn't really work for me. That scene though, where the, where he comes up from behind her in the dark, I thought was really beautiful. It was very nicely done. I wish there was more aspects of that. Like yeah. that would have been really nice throughout the film more but i didn't really get that and the foreshadowing for me was like too obvious yeah ironically with such a film that i don't want to say it's an obscure film or an abstract film because there's definitely a narrative structure to it but um there is a bit of an abstractness to it and um it seemed like a lot of foreshadowing for i knew how this film was gonna end i already knew how it was gonna end and once they showed like the lambs that they had skinned and the way they were hung i'm like that's definitely what's gonna happen (laughs) and it did and so when it happened it it had no effect and you know someone might say well maybe it wasn't supposed to it was because the shot prior to that was set up where we're watching the reaction of these police officers who are looking at this grim scene, mm. but I already knew what they were looking at. I didn't need the, I didn't need to see it because yeah. I was like, they're going to show it. He's going to be hung like they did the sheep yeah. and yeah. the lamb rather, whatever, whatever the hell they are. And, uh, you know, there was sheep, right? Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Cause he was a yeah, shepherd. Yeah. There was sheep. Yeah. Uh, well, it's called the other lamb. So, yeah. um, so I just, yeah, like it, it, it felt so forced in that way. And um, the way the elder women, the wives were behaving and talking, I was like, they're not going to make it. (laughs) I knew, you know, I knew kind of what was going to go on there. The fact that there were no men in the group and he was the only male. I was like, well, there's there's no way all these women are giving birth to solely giving birth to females. Yeah. Even though that is kind of up to guys what what you create. But you got to you got to get a guy in there somewhere. Yeah eventually with all with all those children you would get a male yeah um so i already knew like okay so he's probably like killing off the males or something like that and Mm. um yeah i don't know i think it like like i said i think visually it looked really nice Mm -hmm. the colors um i love like that woodsy sort of dark um backdrop with these pops of color they're they're uh robes i guess if you will were Mm -hmm. like this fuchsia color a purple color and that always looks really cool i appreciated that they didn't make them red yeah a lot of people would and it looks great but it's just you know like i saw the village already and he's already kind of taken that um the yellow with that uh that was the first time that i'd really seen um grading and color like that work so well whether you like the village or not i loved that movie people hated it um but i just thought like that mustard colored robe with the red when you did see it beautiful Mm -hmm. and so i really appreciate that they didn't try to copy that and pick this very like oh it's a salem witchy kind of thing they went with colors that you would never think could be in something creepy and so there was that contrast of these vibrant nice colors and then these dark things that are happening but yeah it just it i i i thought i was getting something way creepier than i got you were you know sold it, a bill of goods that you did not receive. You know, you know what it reminded me of in terms of uh, advertising and then reality mm. was Nightingale. Nightingale. I thought Nightingale was going to be very creepy, beautiful cinematography, mm. loved it. Um, but then the movie itself, when we reviewed it, it was like not really what they sold it as. Yeah. Um, I guess mission accomplished, right? Because you got me to watch the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah. It, the trailer was super interesting. On the other end of that, I'm like, can you stop that, though? Like, yeah. Can you stop making these amazing trailers that are selling one story and then giving me another? Yeah. Because that's not fair. (laughs) Hey, man, they got to get eyeballs. They don't care how they get them. There's, there's, there's get them by making what you're actually selling. It's not, it's not that difficult. You already have the the mood and the tension and and would the intention. Would you still watch it if the trailer was more realistic to the? Film? I might have because I, it would have been the mood that I was in for. Like yeah. I thought I was getting a creepy movie, and so I ca- I was geared for that. And my taste buds were going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, someone's like, I'm going to give you a candy bar, and then you throw a sardine at me. I yeah. was not in the mood for that. Yeah, you got to get in the mood for that. First they're sweet, and then they're sour. <laughs> So that was, you know, I, I don't know. It's like yeah. somebody saying like, hey, do you want to order pizza? And then giving me an Elio's like, yeah, I guess you can call that pizza. But it's not <laughs> like when you said order a pizza, I'm thinking like a hot, fresh, tasty pizza yeah. from a pizzeria. I yeah. didn't think you were going to like microwave a bowl of Totino's. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's not the same. Yeah. It's similar. I didn't but it's order this hot pocket, pal. Come I didn't on. order a hot pocket. I didn't want yeah. a four cheese hot pocket. I wanted I wanted a pizza. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know where this just went. That's I, I relate to food. Yeah. I feel like that's a that's a good comparison. You get what yeah. I mean. You get what I mean. You get it. So um yeah. I almost didn't want to review it because I didn't want to just shit on it. Like I said, it but was But there were a lot of great things yeah, about it, was it. Beautifully, you know, visually it's just stunning. It was really lovely and the colors were great and all that. Um but I just, it felt forced. Mm. It felt forced. So, yeah. So um, next week, we have um, a guest. We do. We have a guest next week. A pretty awesome guest, by the way. I'm very excited. Um, we're going to be talking to, uh, we don't get to, we don't get to um, talk about our guests often because we're always afraid. We're not sure when. Yeah, who's yeah. So this is like, this is, it's it's in the books. It's done. It's, it's we got them on. Um, we're going to be talking to. Jeb Hardwick. Yep. Um, who, uh, if you're not familiar with his work, go look up his work. If you are familiar at all with the so architects, uh, they're a band also Conquer divide. You just did a video for them. Um, super, super talented guy. We're really, uh, I was surprised that he even responded to me. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I'm going to reach out to this guy and see if he wants to be on the show. He's probably not even going to answer well, me, he's but he a did. Brit, so they're nicer. Yeah. They've got, they're, they're, they're more gentle hearted. Yeah. Um, as I, as I'm like Welsh, British, whatever, same thing. We're going to take uh, a chance and hope that he sticks to it. But if we feel like he will, because we don't usually announce our guests, but we feel yeah, very no. strongly about this guy. Yeah. So, uh, well, just because shit happens sometimes. I don't yeah. like to make promises, but, um, we're pretty set for him to be on the show for next week. And, um, we'll be filming the week after that. So we'll be talking to you about that process. Filming with what? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. We're going to film with our fixed camera that we just got back. Or we'll have just gotten back at that time. One can only hope. Yeah. Um, Got to stay positive. But we may be filming on a DSLR. Don't know. So if you, uh, well, okay, so you you have any films or projects or anything that you'd like us to watch, uh, you know, reach out to us. Send it our way. Send it our way. And obviously our special shout out to MoGraph.com. MoGraph. Platform and all races. Um, Reality Bomb Comic Cast, Steady Geekin', Not Up for Debate. Check all those guys out. And, uh, you know, we'll talk to you next week when we have an awesome guest on. Okay. Bye.